So Samson, show us the shoes. These are made by and hands or hands. So they're pretty cool. That's cool. That is very cool. And it's got a magical crypto logo on the side. Looks pretty comfy, actually. Uh, I haven't tried them, but they should be. Nice. So are you gonna only gonna wear them at our conference? Uh, maybe for the live show. Why not? Nice. At least one of the days, right? Yeah. They're the very, very rare, very exclusive uh, magical crypto friend sneakers. Where's my, where's my pair? In mine. I think uh, you have to send him your address, and he'll ship it to you. Mm. It's all a ploy to find out to find out where you live. <laughs> Tricky. I'm gonna send them Whale Panda's address. Okay, let's send him all the Whale Panda. How do you know my address? <laughs> Number one Panda Lane, Europe. <laughs> That's close enough. He's actually in South Africa. It's where the solar panels are that look like a panda. <laughs> my OPSEC is so good that I'm everywhere. Yeah, no, we'll replace the green screen with like. You know, giraffes walking behind you. <laughs> I'm actually in a secret lay layer under Antarctica. Okay, let's start the show. Magical crypto. The best thing to do is simply to huddle. What's a young pony to do in a sea of shady ICOs? A lion's courage can light up even the darkness of shadows. Unlike the corporate suits, the whale panda is wise. The moon while soaring in the skies As Bitcoin sees new all-time highs All around you see big black hands The best thing to do is simply to huddle To huddle. So, uh, with us we still uh, have Ricardo Ricarot Spani with his dogs behind him. It's actually very nice paintings. Uh, Samson Mao with uh, the lion in the back. Still didn't make our figurines yet. Still didn't do the podcast. Short is still waiting. What? But when podcast? When short? After we secure all the funding for MCC. Okay. Funds or Sapphire? <laughs> Not yet. Charlie Lee with the sword behind him. I guess it's like a, sort of like Lop trying to show off with his guns and he's trying to show off with the sword. Correct. If you come to my house, this is what's going to happen. I'm going <laughs> to chop your head off. This is actually a replica sword from Game of Thrones. Not the original one. I'm not rich enough to buy the original one. Okay. And me, well, Panda. I'm still here, whatever they're going to put on the green screen. So um, let's start off the show with our current state of uh, MCC, Mexico Crypto Conference. So we did a call for speakers, we did a call for sponsors. Um, we already announced quite a few speakers. And I think our lineup is like going to be amazing. Like we really have like, some of the best speakers in the industry. Yeah, I, I will say like this is... Um... I don't, I don't really generally get excited about speakers at conferences because oftentimes it's like a mixed bag of, oh dear, we need to give the sponsors slots and also we need to try and find some decent speakers. Um, and we have, a, we have a pretty killer lineup. I mean, it is like, I'm surprised we've gotten the lineup we have because it is really good. Well, we started off with the four best speakers ever, so. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Andreas Antonopoulos, Roger Veer, 
Craig Wright. Jihan Wu. Zuko. Craig Wright. Zuko. <laughs> Look at Jihan Wu. <laughs> Looking real good. Yeah. And then on the marketing front, things are growing great. I've contacted all the key social media influencers. They're, go- they're ready to post a purple tile when we're ready to go. <laughs> Hashtag MCC 2019. Actually, actually, didn't you see um, Max Kaiser post the, the uh, orange tile? Yeah, but he, he jumped the gun. It's supposed to be purple tile. <laughs> but yeah, we, we spent about $2 million on the social media influencer campaign. So I think we're good to go, guys. MCC Festival. Yeah, luxury, everything. No, but on a serious note, we, have, we really have an amazing lineup. Like uh, with, with Adam Beck, Peter Dodd, Meltem, Elaine. I'm very excited to, to see Elaine's talk. I can't like, give the, the subject of the talk yet, but it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, we have Austin Alexander. We have uh, Miha. We have Phil Potter too, right? Yeah, it's not confirmed yet, but by the time this is out, it's, it will be confirmed. It's either confirmed or we'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> because we're trying to, to like do a bit of everything. Um, so we have some about exchanges. We have some technical people like Andrew Pulstra. Uh, we have some uh, about Bitcoin without internet, which is quite an interesting topic now, now with uh, Rodolfo and BK um, and Adam Beck on the Blockstream Satellite. And maybe some other speakers that by the time this airs, it's confirmed. Oh, and the uh, the regulatory panels are actually really interesting. So you've got Caitlin Long, who's um, obviously like got all this really cool stuff that's happening in Wyoming. You've got um, Troy Paredes, who uh, is an ex-SEC commissioner. Um, who else? Uh, we've got uh, someone from Detroit. Ah, uh, Detroit. Someone from Deloitte, <laughs> not Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's also from Detroit. Could be, could be. And then we've got someone from um, Perkins Coie. Um, so, I mean, like it is, you know, we're talking about like really people that, that understand the regulatory space. It's very US specific, but I, I'm particularly interested in, in seeing um, what happens on that panel uh, because of the, the fact that there are, are people who are just so ingrained in that world and understand so much about what's going on and aren't just going to like, you know, give their opinion on things, but actually speak from a position of, of knowledge and uh, uh, an influence, which is really interesting. And a main focus will be on, on lightning as well. So we have a couple of very good lightning speakers lined up um, with some technical, technical talks and some uh, more business focused. So it will be a good mix of things. Also mining, privacy, um, good, mix of, good mix of talks. Are we going to do a scammers panel? I want to, but Will Panda's vetoing it. You, for, what to, is to a scammer's panel? No, no, okay, wait, wait, wait. So that in order to have a scammer's panel, you need to have scammers in the first place. Otherwise, it's going to be like a very boring conversation about what is a scam. So if you can get like a, a Vitalik Buterin or a Joe Lubin or a Zuko there, then you can do it. I messaged Joe. He didn't respond. I said, did you want to do something with Jimmy at uh, MCC this year? <laughs> Do you want to be on the honor scammers panel? I didn't say that. I said you want to do something with Jimmy Song, but I didn't get a reply. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's just gonna, it's gonna be a little bit of a sucker punch if we convince some people to pitch up there to be on a scammer panel. <laughs> it's a little mean, guys. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. 
Yeah, I still think it'd be fun to have like Giacomo and you know some other guys doing something. They want to do like Bitcoin maximalist versus Ricardo and I, right? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. No, I don't think that that's the right fit for it. Also, we, we, we cannot invite everyone as a speaker, Samson, because people have to pay for their tickets, because otherwise we cannot create a, the conference. Oh, you're telling <laughs> so inviting me. everyone. Guys, stop trying to fish for free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> if the person is more likely to buy a ticket himself or herself, we won't invite them as speakers. <laughs> but I'm the only one trying to keep the cost under control. You guys are like spending like crazy here. What have we spent money on? Coffee cups. Yeah, those were very expensive coffee cups. Those were expensive. <laughs> those were expensive coffee cups. Uh, the funny thing is people actually were complaining the ticket prices are so high they think we're going to like make a killing from this conference. No, some people thought that it, the ticket price is just to watch us do our show live. Yeah, so, so that, that was actually quite funny. Yeah, so some was. people say like, why would we pay 300 bucks to see uh, like a, a live comedy show from crypto people? What, what, what are, are these guys thinking that they're doing? Well... No, it's it's a conference with a lot of speakers, not just us. Of course, we're the main attraction, but uh, there are other people there as well. Hopefully, but someday, <laughs> someday our live shows will be will be like three hundred bucks just for an hour. Yeah. So, so our end goal is that we do a conference every two months on the six continents. Uh, so it's like a full uh, trip a year, and um, everyone will come to watch us and. Uh, It'll be fun. Or we'll just attend one of the six conferences. The other five will be attended by fake crypto friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so some people thought it was still expensive for uh, 300 bucks, but I mean, it's still New York. Um, and we picked it because it's blockchain week there. And there's also some criticism about location, but it's blockchain week. People are in town. Um, we figured that since people are in town, they will be, it will be more easier to arrange speakers, which it has been easier. Um, that's also reflects in uh, our lineup. But ex New York is really expensive. We're, we're really not making any profit on the, on this. Uh, we have to be careful that we don't make a loss. Yeah, I think at, at this point it's uh, it's unlikely that we'll that that we'll even break even. Um, so it's uh, you know I, like like we've really kept ticket prices as low as we can. And the other thing like to consider there is we do have um, tranches of tickets so the prices are going to go up there's you know that's set there's nothing we can do about that so i'd encourage people to get tickets early unless they want to pay more well we could break even if you guys let me handle the finances <laughs> like will pan is will pan is arguing with me <laughs> just to give like a, a bit of background samson still has to reply to five emails i think i told him about um four days ago so yeah. And if we let you handle finances, then we won't actually have a real panda there. So that would suck, right? Yeah. And also, listen, the petting zoo, the pony petting zoo is like, I'm sorry, Samson, it's happening. You can't come in, come in at the last minute and veto my idea. No. Also, it, it, it's not a good idea to have the petting zoo next to the ball pit. I mean, that's going to be very... Well, the ball messy. pit's okay. That's not that expensive. But the other stuff is, so we got to cut it. Okay. And the, the whiskey waterfall? Now suddenly the whiskey waterfall is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and we should have a scammer scammer dunk tank right yeah that's the plan right oh, that would actually be funny okay let's move on we talked already too much about this um so next up is coinbase coinbase has been in the news a lot recently so they had like uh the cloud storage backup 
Um, they had uh, adding Bcash uh, to their wallet. Then um, you had the Neutrino hacking team um, acquisition. And then Ripple. And yeah, then they listed Ripple. Then they listed with Ripple. And then they said there was an interview uh, with the head of sales, and she said, like, oh, it might be uh, security, but we have infrastructure in place for in case it is a security. <laughs> because they, they, they recently acquired, uh, also, they have, they have a license now to, to sell securities, I think. Um, and then they were talking about the Neutrino, and yeah, we, we, we acquired Neutrino because our previous provider uh, was selling customer data. She said, like, it was a normal thing. Like, <laughs> and so far, until now, uh, they haven't responded to any... Well, I mean, they, they responded, that was the response. Her well, yeah, going, that was exposed. Yeah, we, we bought yeah. it because... Her, her going online was the response. And then she's like, you know, instead of clarifying it and being like, well, you know, we really like Neutrino. We don't mind that there are a bunch of human rights violators. That's okay. Instead of doing that, she's like, yes, we knew it was a risk. And also, we lost a bunch of, you know, customer data and let our previous partners sell it. The best thing was like uh, Jesse from Kraken replying and saying they evaluated like five companies and Neutrino is like the shittiest one of them all. Yeah, it's actually interesting to read the because he's blurred out the rest of the valuation, um, and but he hasn't blurred out the Neutrino valuation. And when you read it, you can see like they they don't have a fantastic offering. I don't understand. I think they're probably just the cheapest to acquire. Yeah. No, but the problem I have is even if Neutrino was like the best offering, like why would you do that, right? Yeah. Like, you're just opening yourself up to. To just attacks, right? Yeah. And then like they doubled down on it, right? After after people called them out on it. Yeah. They came back and said, We knew like who they are. We don't endorse what they did previously, but yeah. I don't quite get what what they were thinking. So Charlie, you as an ex employee, what do you think about the whole delete coinbase movement? Uh, so so the movement is because of Neutrino, right? Or is it I mean yeah. there's there's always no. been the there's a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, it's a, it's it's a combination of stuff, but like the neutrino was like the 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 final drop in the bu- in the bucket. So. The phrase you're looking for is the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought like people have been deleting Coinbase for for a while now, right? So it's not like I guess this neutrino thing really, um, like put this brought this back out, and people are more like just more upset about Coinbase and actually going out and deleting their, their accounts. But you know, from my point of view, people who actually delete Coinbase don't actually use it anyways, right? So it's not really going to affect anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree there. I, I don't think that the people that are deleting Coinbase are, are going to have more than a very minimal impact on the bottom line. But one thing that is good that's coming out of this is people that use Coinbase, I'm sure that there's a, a large number of them that found Coinbase by Googling, um, but there were a bunch of them that found Coinbase because they clicked a link in a guide um, that was like, oh, buy your first Bitcoin on Coinbase. Here's the link. Um, and friends and family that that uh, have already acquired uh, crypto and then recommend it. So I do think there will be a trickle-down effect um, from the people that are deleting Coinbase in terms of what they start recommending to people. And I think people that are writing guides or creating YouTube videos will start recommending something else so it's it is at least going to provide a slow shift um, away from coinbase as a first 
point of contact for people wanting to get into Bitcoin? Yeah, so um, it's true because some people are saying like, oh, what is this going to, to have like impact on Coinbase? Not going to have any impact. But I used to trade on, on Coinbase because um, during the last bull market, uh, the, the price on Coinbase was higher than on any other exchange. Um, so I used to trade there. I closed my account. I didn't actively trade there anymore for a while. But uh, when I was in a previous bull market, when the price was higher, I was. So, yeah, still might have some impact, but minimal. I think it, it, I, I think you're underestimating. You're underestimating the impact. Because if you look at Cash App, they just posted some results. They sold uh, 166 million worth of Bitcoin in 2018. That's not trivial. And a big part of Coinbase is still doing uh, retail sales. So it, it could have a pretty big impact. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I mean, just maybe for anyone who wants to get a little bit of clarity on what the actual history is, the fact that it's not just um, Neutrino, that Neutrino is the straw that broke the camel's back. There's uh, Janine has a really good thread on Twitter where she keeps updating it with um, new things that come to light. Um, her Twitter username is J9Rome. So J, then the number nine, and then R-O-E-M. And uh, the thread's fantastic. It's worth going to the top of the thread, um, from which is from last year, and, and reading through all of these infractions, if, if you will, um, against the community. It all went downhill after Charlie left. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. It was. Actually, an, an interesting thing here is, um, if you would work for a company like, that, like Coinbase, and you see this kind of stuff happening, would you quit by yourself? Well, I would complain, right? I would talk to you, Brian, and say, like, this is a bad move, right? And the thing is, Coinbase is, when I was there, it was pretty open, right? We have, um, like, all hands meetings, um, I think, like, every week. Uh, so, like, and then it's, you can you can just ask Brian and Fred a question, right? So if, if this actually happened when I was there, I would actually, actually bring it up and talk about it. I think, I'm pretty sure the company... There are definitely some employees that are upset about it, right? It's kind of a really stupid move, in my in my opinion, to do this and to actually double down and instead of coming out and say we screwed up, this is not cool, and do something about it, right? It's not cool to acquire a company that has employees that are, for all intents and purposes, criminals and are like writing backdoors into their software. I mean, you don't want that association, right? So it's. Like, why? Like, why would they do that? I just don't get it. But at a more pragmatic level, hacking team got hacked. Yeah, so they're incompetent, right? <laughs> why would you hire a bunch of guys that got wasted? You're like in a crypto exchange. <laughs> well, yeah, and she called it like best-in-class software as well at some point in, in the interview. So Yeah, it's like, hey, we bought a bunch of guys who are incompetent um, and also human rights violators. My favorite line of the whole thing in the Kraken review was uh, maybe it was a breakdown in communication because of a language barrier. So they, they couldn't, the yes. Neutrino guys couldn't understand what the Coinbase guys were, uh, no, the Kraken guys were saying. That's that's awesome. <laughs> well, it's it's going to be so funny. Like It's, it's going to be like, oh, we thought that the product did something different because we couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah. Oh, you told us not to sell everything to the Russian government. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also amazed how there's like no voice speaking from the company to address this because it's like a disaster. It's like the worst PR disaster you could ever imagine, like people going on the rampage. And That's normal though, right? Companies try to stay out of it if they don't 
have anything good to say. Uh, I don't know. Well, some people suggest like they should take charge of the whole conversation. So they should start communicating now because this is just getting worse and worse and worse. So yeah, but that's not Brian's style. He loves to he doubles down every time. Enough Coinbase. Hashtag delete Coinbase. Um, <laughs> Binance. So Binance announced their uh, their decks now on uh, the testnet, but even though they're trying to promote it as much as they can as a DEX, it's not a real DEX, a decentralized exchange. And um, I, I guess it's just like a marketing strategy to try to sell it that way. Because everyone's saying like, oh, we should leave decentralized exchanges. We should move over to uh, decentralized exchanges. Um, so what do you guys think? It's just a marketing plan think, to call it a DEX? I think there's no, like, no real definition of what a DEX is, right? So they're just, some people think it's just, if it has user controlled funds, then it's a DEX. Other people think the actual exchange has to be decentralized and no one actually controls it, right? So from Binance's point of view, they their exchange or their DEX is user controlled funds and that's to their, in their mind, that's a DEX, right? So it's just a different usage of the term. And it's, it's a new thing, right? So. You can't really say who's to say that's not what a dex is. Is is magical crypto friends a dex? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. I believe so. And and you know we operate a a dex, you know the magical crypto dex, and uh, you know no one can use it, but that's not really the point. We have our own blockchain, but it's not mined. <laughs> magical crypto chain, MC, MCC. No wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> Every now and then, one of us just creates another block and put it onto the chain. <laughs> yeah, so, so we instead of like the EOS block producers, we have the magical block producers. It's just Lego blocks, small Lego blocks. <laughs> I have big Lego blocks, yeah, for the help, you know. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah. So the Binance Dex also they they're asking for a hundred k to list a, co a new coin or a new token. That's very funny. So that sounds very decentralized. Mm. Where is the money going? Back to Binance. So how is it decentralized? Is it is it going to charity, like their other listing fees, are supposedly going to charities? Supposedly, who knows? I mean, it, it's if it was truly a decentralized exchange, then adding coins would just be about software. So, are they charging a hundred thousand dollars to merge a pull request? Are they going to charge me a hundred thousand dollars to list Litecoin? <laughs> yeah, are you ready to pay? <laughs> you don't have any coins left. You sold them at all time high. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, you know you're in a bear market when um, smaller exchanges faking a lot of volume uh, are going to people like Charlie or I know a lot of people... Uh, Charlie Shran? No, like you. Doing what? Um, you're going to you <laughs> and to other uh, developers and saying, we will list your coin, just pay us X amount and we will add your coin to our very small <laughs> insignificant exchange. I get that actually all the time. Exchanges I've never heard of, like send me a message on Telegram saying like, we like your project, we want to list it, um, like let's talk. So I reply and say, go ahead and list it. <laughs> you don't, you don't need my permission, and I won't charge you anything. <laughs> Maybe they think they need your permission. Maybe I don't know. And then they, they don't reply after that. So please send me one million, and you can use it. <laughs> my favorite response to exchanges wanting to um, charge for a Monero listing is I just said to them. Sure, no problem. You're welcome to pay me to list Monero. 
and then there's like this this moment of silence where they're like no 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 we want you to pay us i'm like why would we do that no no you pay us for the privilege of listing monero no one's paid yet they missed out why and you didn't pay uh coin mains either i guess because obviously ripple ripple did yeah, we should we should do a crowdfund for um, Coinbase to like pay for a listing <laughs> and and make it a secret. Yeah, <laughs> you need an XMR army, and you need a good hashtag. <laughs> Monero the standard. Exit XMR the standard. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Simple. Seriously, you need a hashtag if you want if you want a movement. You need a hashtag. Yeah, uh, apparently. Well, we have hashtag. Hashtag shum, S-H-U-M, should have used Monero. Huh. How about hashtag XMR, the XRP? <laughs> XMR, the unstandard. How about hashtag XMR Navy? Because, you know, it's not an army. <laughs> <laughs> Always with the boat references. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, JPM coin. So, uh... They announced a new stable coin, even though it's not even a real cryptocurrency, because you know uh, it's about blockchain, not Bitcoin. So J Jamie Dimon last year said a lot of crap about Bitcoin, and now they're uh, creating their own fake cryptocurrency, which is basically a stable coin. Is it an ERC twenty token? What is it? Anyone know? It's it's on a private version of Ethereum. Yeah, it's on Quorum or something. So it's a private blockchain. Yeah, but but they they have said that they expect that one day people will be able to use it outside of like their little internal thing, and so eventually everyone will use JPM coin, and then it'll be hashtag JPM coin the standard. <laughs> but seriously, it's a it's like a better version of Ripple. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd rather use Ripple than use JPM coin. But oh my god, anyway. Charlie's a Ripple maximalist. <gasps> By Ripple. <clears throat> <laughs> That's gonna be so taken out of context again. Well, the point of Ripple is that you're it's it's for interbank transfers, and that's exactly what JPM Coin is too, except for it's by the banks for the banks. Yeah, the JPM Coin will actually be used probably. Yeah, and they don't need to fake news. Wait, but do they have Bill Clinton and Snoop Dogg at their uh, conferences or their meetings or? Yeah, if you don't have Bill Clinton speaking, I mean, are you really even a cryptocurrency? We looked into uh, getting Bill Clinton to talk at our conference. And? And he said no. But he didn't understand, he didn't understand what cryptocurrency was. That's why he went with the rear ball. <laughs> Makes more sense. <laughs> we should get Ron Paul. Yeah, go get him. You saw that his, uh, his speaking fee is 50k. 50k? I'll, I'll get him for 25k. <laughs> We're already spending two million on social media influencers. It's another twenty k, fifty k doesn't matter. <laughs> we actually speakers actually pay us to come to speak at our conference, though. So we shouldn't pay them anything. That's like the Monero listing thing with exchanges. Yeah, yeah. you confuse them, right? And then they will settle at zero. So they ask for like twenty k. We're like, you should pay us twenty k, and then we'll like, okay, fine, we'll settle at zero. We'll give you a special price this time. This time only. See, we we should have just made our own coin. And paid them in our coin. <laughs> Magical crypto coin. I love it. And we only accept that for tickets. <laughs> exactly. It's a utility token. It's a lost opportunity, guys. We, we screwed up. 
We screwed up. Okay, and we're only gonna we're gonna pre-mine what ninety percent of the supply. I think that's fair. The only way to the only way to get it is from our decks. <laughs> well, I mean, we talked about how to create new blocks, right? Every now and then, one of us will create a new block. <laughs> this is great. This is great. We're really advancing technology. Well, then we should definitely have a wallet like Coinomi. Uh, this is a smooth transition. So, uh, Coinomi wallet. <laughs> Uh, send your send your plain text for, uh, seed phrase to Google Remote Spell Checker API uh, when you enter it. It was only on the desktop and only to, to restore your wallet. Uh, but still, that's pretty pretty funny. Pretty messed up. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny and sad at the same time. Is it an open source wallet? I thought it was. I can't actually remember if it's open source. No, I, I think it was closed source. It's a brilliant idea. Like, what if I'm entering my seed and I spelt boat wrong? Wouldn't you want it to fix it for you? Come on. Did, so actually, did they do this on purpose to spell check it? Or is it just they spell check everything you type in and it just happens the seed is also spell checked and sent to this? I think I think that they forgot to add a flag to the um, to the input box that disables that. I think you guys are doing it wrong. Usually when I enter my seed, I, I, I type it all up in a spell checker and spell check it and then put it into the wallet. So this just saves me time. <laughs> Well, I, I Google I Google my seed to make sure that no one else has it. It's not online. <laughs> and then I use it, right? Yeah. That's a great thing. You don't want to enter the wrong seed. You might get someone else's wallet, right? Yeah. So like, if Google returns no, a no. result, then I know this is not my... I, don't, I shouldn't use it because someone else has it, right? The other, thing I've, the other thing to do is post like the first 12, character, the first 12 words of your 13-word seed onto Twitter. No one will be able to guess the last one. And then they'll be able to go like... Oh, that's not my seed, and that'll that'll at least then make sure that that's secure. Except the the last word is a checksum, right? It's a checksum. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them that. Great advice, guys. I mean, I can see why everyone's watching this show. <laughs> well, I mean, there are there are some really bad like advices out there about how to like store your seeds, right? People actually talk about like like scramble a little bit or like put like like you said like ricardo said put 12 of them here and then like keep one of them like remember one of them and put like write it down like put it online somewhere right and so that you'll never lose it and then like it's it's out there and open yeah or choose you create brain wallets by choosing like a popular quote yeah that's that's even worse the best way is to write a poem with your seed and the first letter of every line is the seed basically and then you publish it and you can always find it when you need it. Exactly. You know that now a lot of people are going to check like uh, old writings from Bitcoiners and see if they can figure out something. Satoshi's white paper is actually a seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How could this go wrong, guys? How could this go wrong? The seed is in the white paper. The files are in the computer. Maybe his seed was the time <laughs> banks on Brink. <laughs> he actually put it in the Genesis block. <laughs> Did anyone try it? Someone's got to try it, right? It's actually just a hash of Craig Wright. <laughs> I'm sure. Moving on. Uh, let's talk about Lightning. It's been a while. So uh, Lightning Torch has been passed uh, 260, 270,000 now already. Uh, I think most of us has had it, except for Charlie, nope. who's been slacking. Nope. So, um, it's a scam. So I'm not going to touch it. But it's actually a very fun idea, and it's only been stolen once, I, th I think, um, when it was very, like, only worth a couple couple of bucks. 
now it's already worth like 200 almost like it must be guess, reaching the the limit right the what it's called the wumbo limit yeah that's an issue um that we're that's we're running into now that the the, the routing is a lot more difficult now because of the size of the lightning torch by the way i coined the phrase wumbo limit did you yeah really that stupid phrase i don't know I started using it, and then other people started saying "wumbo limit." How'd you Even come Adam up with Back that? Saying "wumbo limit." How'd you come up with that term? I mean, it's it's the official term, right? Well, the "wumbo" is upgrade to remove the limit, and I just say "wumbo limit" because. Oh, I see, the... I see. Yeah, but now I mean, there's still a limit, right? I guess it's a forcing function, right? The the LN torch is forcing the LN developers to to increase the limits. Yeah, which is good. I mean, like it, uh, it I think that it's a it's a good restriction to sort of keep things in check. I wish that the restriction was a little bit higher because then we could enable uh, lightning for tickets. But um, at the at three hundred dollars, the, the routing becomes a problem already. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of um, complexity that people are not necessarily showing. I don't think people are just pasting invoices now. I think they're actually talking and debugging because a lot of channels don't have enough capacity to pass the torch. I know that when Adam got the torch, he had some challenges with it too. I think he had to split the invoice into two. But that's not, not, not a bad thing. I mean, people are talking about it, people are using it, people are debugging it. So it's actually a positive thing that uh, it's being used that much. So so Adam Adam cheated by splitting the invoice in two. He took the torch and like split into two and passed two torches to the other person. He, he segregated the torch. <laughs> It's a segregated torchness. Yeah, it is. But I think everyone is doing that now because of the capacity issues. So I expect it's just going to get harder and harder to pass it around. But also, the we, we, only thing we have to do is pump Bitcoin and the capacity is higher, at least in USD value. <laughs> but the limit is not USD. That's like a Bcash argument. Um, and there's also been a lot of thought about Bitcoin, uh, but not about Bitcoin, but about Bitcoin all, all the time. I mean, about uh, Lightning. So um, the, with the DAI guys, the XDAI guys uh, saying like, oh, this is being used more. And because we have an ERC20 token that's basically a stable coin on Ethereum and everyone's going to use it. And hashtag De De DeFi or whatever, how you pronounce it. Um, and other coins have also been jumping on it. I, I guess it's because they see lightning getting hyped and being used and then feeling sad or feeling or worried that no one's going to use their coin anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I, the, I must say the, the lightning FUD, like I, I'm always happy to have a, an engaging, interesting uh, discussion with someone over the over genuine concerns about lightning. Um, but I mean, some of the FUD is so like low grade, you know, like, oh, Lightning is a bank. Um, you know, Lightning is going to be subject to, um, to, to money transfer licensing. Uh, God, come on, guys. Or like there's patents around it or some stupid crap like that. I mean, yeah, there's... There... Let's have a discussion about like technically what are the limits and the problems. No, I have no issue with that. But this low-grade FUD is not, it's not entertaining. It's not engaging. Let's, let's, let's up the ante. Let's actually talk about interesting things. Best low-grade FUD is that uh, you can't make really big payments over Lightning. Yeah. Can't send a, a million dollars over Lightning. 
Why, why would you want to send a million dollars over lightning? <laughs> because that's the vision. No, so, so um, th there was a guy, this guy tweeting about it, um, that he has like an agency, media agency, and he wants to pay salaries over uh, lightning, even though the on-chain fees are, what, two, five cents at the moment? Yeah, I saw he that. He still wants to use lightning for it. Um, but what you have to understand that um, th there's not even that much liquidity now. But if the if the fees go up, um, people have more incentive to cr create more liquidity in the Lightning network because the fees will there will also be higher. I'm pretty sure that guy is just he's either compromised or he's trolling because if you're paying salary for an employee, you're paying let's say a couple thousand dollars a month. You should be okay with a couple dollar fees. I mean. To send well, a... he, he was talking about um, contractors in the Philippines, so I don't think it's a couple of thousand dollars, but at least a couple hundred, I guess. Yeah, but you should still be okay with like a dollar to send a couple hundred bucks. And we're nowhere near. Lightning Network is, I mean, what's good about it is it can like aggregate like all the micro smaller transactions, right? So you don't settle, you don't have to settle every single one, one at a time, right? So you can save on fees. So like, things can scale, right? So, I mean... Yeah, if you're paying a lot of money, you don't really need to use Lightning. Eventually, Lightning could potentially be support like larger payments, but that's not the point, right? I think uh, there's there's other interesting stuff that I'm seeing, which I think is pretty cool, um, and that's like BitRefill. Um, you can go into BitRefill and use Lightning to pay for a Bitcoin gift card, which you know is a normal like on-chain Bitcoin thing. So you can actually just use a third-party service to um to reduce the amount of uh, of money that you have in your channel amount of bitcoin you have in your channel which is like like totally unexpected that it, that uh, that could even happen out of band I, I don't think that that was something that people really um even envisioned um in, in the design so like there's stuff like that that's happening that is like the way lightning works now is totally different to what we're going to end up with and the way things are going to operate in a year's time yeah actually i have no idea how lightning is going to work in the future like how it's going to evolve things have been changing pretty quickly and just yeah it's like comparing uh internet in the early 90s i guess to the internet now um so, so because um alex bosworth uh he he tweeted something about oh, i can't wait to to uh, move to lightning 1.1 and uh, fix some initial uh, issues or design issues and you know Tetch, uh, one of the creators of the, the white paper, he was kind of annoyed. He was triggered. He said, like, yeah, triggered, triggered. by fixing uh, the technical, some technical issues with it. But it's like, it's evolving. He said, like, I'm not dead yet because I think, what did Alex said? Like, I, for, I forgot what his tweet, but basically it, it hinted that the creators are dead like satoshi is dead <laughs> creator of bitcoin is dead and creator of um the lightning network is dead <laughs> so. yeah well the thing is like the lightning the original lightning design is not wonderful so christian decker um he's one of the guys working on c lightning at blockstream he actually like invented lightning also he, his paper was like uh multiplex uh payment channels or something like that I forgot the name exactly, but he he submitted it for a review. So it was still under review when the other lightning paper came out. But basically, he wrote it before that. So that 
is the basis for a lot of the L2 stuff that is in the L2 design. And I think it is superior. Yeah, I, I mean, like there's uh, Lightning's interesting as well from from a design and development perspective because um, you don't you can make changes um, and as long as all the guys who are implementing um, the, the whatever Lightning Node and whatever um, language they're doing, as long as everyone generally agrees that this is a change that should go into the standard. Um, then it's not like consensus breaking. So you might have a problem where a, a particular node like C Lightning suddenly does something that the other nodes don't expect, but you know it'll be patched and everyone will update and it'll be fine. It's not like you know the the risk of like oh this implementation has a small bug that well, like breaks consensus and now your entire network's forked. So that that makes it really interesting from a development perspective. Yeah. I think it was you, Rick, that said that what it is now is not what it's going to be like, or was that yeah. someone else that said that? That was me. Yeah, the, the the comparison, like I think we're all old, right? So we all use dial-up. If you thought like the internet was going to be dial-up forever, and you know that's a horrible experience because you might get a busy signal and your modem is really loud when it's negotiating the connection, then you're kind of it's like the same kind of fud for lightning, right? It's not. The final state of the technology it's still super early now and the final state is not going to resemble this at all so uh, wait wait i want to i want to ask something for our viewers who do you think is the oldest one here because recently we have for some legal documents we had to give our birth date so who's the youngest one who's the oldest one list us and we'll see how that turns out because you say everyone's old but that'll be interesting yeah. <laughs> I can I can make the dial-up noise still, so you know. Yeah, me me too. I, I used to it as well. Why don't you do it and show us your your powers? Show us. <laughs> That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Um, so uh, apparently Bitcoin failed uh, because it can, didn't get mainstream adoption. But no worries, Facecoin will. So there, there was this uh, article uh, from Nathaniel Popper uh, in the New York Times that uh, Bitcoin failed to get mainstream adoption. But no worries, Facecoin will. Facecoin is the Facebook uh Cryptocurrency. I don't know even if it's really going to be a crypt real cryptocurrency, um, but apparently they are already like talking to exchanges to potentially list it at some point. It will be like a sort of stablecoin type of thing. It's just another centralized coin, right? So it's not that interesting. No. Yeah, but Bitcoin failed, obviously. Yeah. It's it's pretty ironic that Nathaniel Popper is the one that writing this article about how Bitcoin failed. The way he said it was. Uh... It failed to gain mainstream consumer adoption, but but the headline, he, right? He's a, yeah. Well, no, he said that later on in a tweet or something. But yeah, like he like you said, he wrote the book called Digital Gold. If Bitcoin is digital gold, what qualifies as mainstream adoption? Like I don't use gold every day. Do you? I do, but that's another business. I also use diamonds every day. <laughs> that's for another business, man. Show us your bling. I don't have them around here. They're blood diamonds. They're all red. 
<laughs> I, I think Rick has blood diamonds. It's a real South African. No, no, no. No, I mean, I said I have blood, guys, not blood diamonds. <laughs> You're misremembering. His dog's wearing them. You can see in his collar, in their collars. <laughs> Actually, wouldn't that be a good way to, like, uh, get some hardware across the border? Like, in the, in the collar of a dog? Like, do you have, like, an open dime something somewhere hidden uh, to go through customs or something like well, that? Well, except they quarantine the dog for, for a while, right? If you travel <laughs> across borders. So, that's not that smart. They're going to quarantine your diamonds for... You're like, oh, you can take the dog, but... I'm gonna keep the collar. No, not al no, not always. I mean, you, you can take them in, in in the on the plane. You can just take them in in uh, in the main cabin if they're small enough. Well, cross country, like if you go to a different country, they will quarantine, right? Yeah, it's not that simple to travel. Why don't you just swallow the open dime and then you can retrieve it later? <laughs> That's it. That sounds like a less fun way to retrieve it. It's it's basically it's basically a prison wallet. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, pulp, pulp Fiction, right? Back on topic. So, Facecoin. No, Facecoin is boring. Let's move no, 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 on to the question. There's one more thing. Like, Facecoin is not Facebook's first try. So, if you're in game development, you know Facebook tried Facebook credits back in 20, 2000 and, what was it, 2008? 2007 or 8. And it kind of failed pretty miserably. So, there, there's really no difference between Facecoin and Facebook credits. But blockchain. Oh yes, that makes the that makes a huge difference. Okay, moving on to the questions from the audience. Yeah. So this is a three-part question uh, from Mitch Bradley. Uh, first, Panda, how many seconds of outside until you're sunburned? This was because last episode I was red. Yes, I was red because we were in the Caribbean and we have been shooting a video all day. Um, Rick, Rick can. Uh, can confirm that. Yeah. And we were like in the sun the entire time. So I'm I burn pretty fast and it's winter here, so I burn pretty fast, but that was really just because I was in the Caribbean outside all day and didn't have any sunscreen on. So Yeah, dude, that was and you're that was like six, seven hours in the sun. And yes, I mean to, to Charlie's point, you'd had some alcohol and so you probably didn't notice that you were burning. <laughs> Not that, not that we went to the dinner after. That's where I drink alcohol. Not before. <laughs> so you didn't answer the question yet? Uh, probably an hour. So 3,600 seconds. Uh, Charlie, you're smart, but lots of your followers and people that reply to your tweets are not. <laughs> Do you ever sympathize with central bankers after Twitter inter interactions? Sympathize with central bankers? I'm not sure what that means, but like... You are a banker now, right? You own a bank. Yeah, I guess. But it does, it does, um, it is funny though, because I try to make like witty tweets and I know that when I post that tweet, like 90% of people, 90% of my followers will not get it and would just think I'm stupid. And the 10% of people will actually be, think that my tweet is hilarious because they actually get the joke. Like just, um, was it yesterday? I posted a tweet saying, what did I say? I said, um, uh, everyone should should just learn English because <laughs> bear with me. Yeah. Everybody should, should learn English. Um, it will make the world more efficient. Other languages have no reason to exist. And then I put a smiley face. And then my next line is American English is a real English. And I put a joking face. So my point was I was laughing at both Bitcoin maximalists and um, 
be cashers. Pushing your multi-coin right? narrative. Yeah, pushing my multi-coin narrative. But then, like, 90% of people replied and said, like, they were they thought I was serious. They're like, I can't believe, like, they're like, like, American English is such a bad language, and I can't believe, like, you're, you post something that sounds just like Trump, and I'm like, you guys just don't get it. But you're, you're basically the Trump of Litecoin. Trump of Litecoin. I am. You have too many followers. I have too many followers. I do. I have a lot of scammers. I have, basically, like, everyone follows me, so. Ooh, look at me, April follows me. Ooh. I have so many followers, guys. I'm so special. You want some followers here? Some followers here. Oh. You get a follower and you get a follower. <laughs> Everyone gets a follower. You have that many, though. A huge chunk of them are going to be dumb. Yeah, I mean, like, half the people have an IQ of 100 or less, right? So, I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's not just... Not necessarily dumb, but they don't... <laughs> they may not be, like, that into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency that as i am so they may not get like the inside jokes and stuff so it's it's kind of tough because yeah it's it's hard to tweet something that everyone understands unless you're just tweeting really simple stuff charlie what are you what are you gonna do when you break a million followers you're gonna have a million follower party i'm gonna dump them all <laughs> at all time high exactly i've been i've been probably blocking a lot of fall, more followers than i get every day that's why my my number has been kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, because Justin has been going crazy. Yeah. He even passed Vitalik at this point. Obviously, it's all like real followers, right? He's, yeah. He's in this bear market. He's gaining like 4,000 followers a day. Yeah, totally real. 100% real. I, I love how he spun it so that when he passed Vitalik, it was like an indicator of Tron's success against Ethereum. <laughs> That's just great. Um, and next question, Pony. Minutes measure time or time measures minutes? Why are we doing the deep philosophical stuff? Like, this is, it's too early in the morning. My brain. Um, I would say... Minutes measure seconds and seconds measure minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from my perspective, minutes measure time. I'm glad we had this discussion. I feel like we've really move the conversation forward and we're finding uh, mutual, mutually beneficial synergies in, uh, in our environment. I have a big, bigger question. What is time, Ricardo? What, what is truth, Samson? What is the meaning of life? Time is proof of work. 42. Done. How can you use uh, Bitcoin or Litecoin or Monero anonymously? but also have something shipped to your home address. Actually, that's an interesting question because uh, that's something that's like, uh, com that comes up quite often. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I think people are confusing uh, or, or, or conflating privacy with anonymity. So privacy is um, when you go, you pay someone, let's, let's use Bitcoin as an example because we know that Bitcoin's privacy is, is weaker. So when you pay someone with Bitcoin, they're able to see um, the change going back into your wallet and they can use very simplistic analysis to figure out your wallet balance. Um, now, if you pay that person with something like Monero, they can't figure out your wallet balance. That's privacy. It doesn't mean that that person that you're paying, especially if you're paying them like, in, you know, you're there in person, it doesn't mean that they can't see your face. It doesn't mean that somehow they don't know who you are, won't be able to recognize you later. It doesn't mean you aren't on the security cameras, but it does mean that you have that sort of that privacy that protects uh, you and what you've done previously and what you will be doing in the future. 
just because you've made a payment to someone. Um, something else that that uh, that a lot of people say along similar lines is, oh, but if you buy something like Monero on an exchange, then the exchange knows you bought Monero, and so therefore your privacy is compromised. But again, they're confusing the two because uh, Monero provides forward privacy. So the exchange knows that you withdrew Monero, but they don't know anything from there. They can't tell what you've subsequently spent it on, if you've spent it at all. They can't tell if you've bought Monero from a different exchange. They can't tell anything from that point on. So it's forward secrecy or forward privacy from that point. Except they know for sure that the only reason why you bought Monero is to buy drugs. Or tax evasion, which apparently are the only two reasons that people use Monero, you know, not for anything else. <laughs> well, so, some of them use it to buy tickets for MCC. Yes, that is an excellent use of Monero because you don't want people knowing that, uh, like in the office, that you're going to a thing called Magical Crypto Conference. <laughs> and you shouldn't show up to the conference because then everyone will know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but the real answer to the question is you order it, you ship it to Ricardo's address, then you email his personal assistant and say, when you get the package addressed to Samson, please forward that package to my home address. We actually did that once. I had you stuff did. shipped to, yeah, you had stuff <laughs> shipped to me that I had to forward to you. It was the most bizarre thing. And it wasn't even drugs. Did, did you open it to check? Yes. The real answer, the serious answer is just use a PO box if you're in the US, right? The real, real answer is you shouldn't use any of that crap. You use a credit card. Do you know there are awesome credit cards? Like some give you cash back, some give you points, access to lounges, travel insurance. It's amazing. Dude, you, gotta, you are going to get so much flack for that comment. There are going to be a bunch of people piling on and being like, see, Bitcoin maximalists want you to use credit cards. I didn't realize Jimmy Song is on our show. Credit cards are great. <laughs> But but PO boxes are more for the US, I think, because I don't think we, we can get anything anonymously here in, at least not here in Belgium. So they always like need some ID or something like that. So yeah, it's more complicated here. So you shouldn't buy anything you don't want anyone to know where you live. Or you have it sent to your neighbor and then you just monitor the mailbox and like get it out of the mailbox, mailbox when they deliver it. So steal their mail? Yeah, basically. <laughs> What we need is a blockchain with its own token that incentivizes people to get mail for other people and forward that onto others. Uber for mail. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that basically what dropshipping is doing? It's a bit different. This involves a token and a blockchain. Okay. Okay. It's got to be decentralized, guys. And the only way to accomplish that is through a blockchain, as we know. No decentralized applications existed until blockchain. Uh -huh. uh, how strong is the OTC market yet? Uh, yet? I think it's a mistake in English. Uh, and will be in the future and how influence, how, basically how much influence does the OTC market have or has on the regular crypto exchange market? I mean, like if you take a look at a place like Venezuela, I mean, Local Bitcoins is kind of the only way to, to, to get Bitcoin, or not only, but it's um, a, a significantly sized chunk. It's probably the majority of, of Bitcoin, of all Bitcoin acquisitions um, being done there outside of ATMs. I think and the, this question is more about like someone buying like 50,000 BTC blocks or something the like that. The large OTC trades. Uh, yeah. I think with OTC trades, like 
one of the party is very likely using exchange to to settle the trade so it's going to affect the the actual underlying price right so it's not like all oh, these trades are just off the market and won't move the price i'm pretty sure they do move the price so yes and and there are there are also qu quite a few um just trying to influence the market like they're putting up fake buy or sell orders just and then people will say like oh there's a hundred thousand btc uh sell order they're trying to sell two three percent under uh, the market price so they're hoping to try to influence the market that way a lot of fake uh orders are yeah especially in the bear market charlie's right though a lot of the otc desks they they need to source the source coins from exchanges too and multiple exchanges because they don't want to move the move the market when they're buying or selling so they they do need to do that i think it definitely does impact but i think right now in a bear market i my gut feeling is that uh, OTC volumes are down. Okay. Right? And uh, last question. How far away is uh, Litecoin Lightning integration uh, from the core wallet? I, I guess that's the, the point is, um, or the question is, will Lightning ever be integrated in like core wallets? This question was specifically for Litecoin, but I guess it also applies to Bitcoin. Why would it need to be? I don't understand. I mean, like, why would, why would, Bitcoin core suddenly add lightning support. That seems like an engineering nightmare. Even EC Lightning has plugins now. I mean, I think the question is, I mean, a lot of people don't use necessarily use the core wallet as their wallet, right? So a lot, I think a lot of wallets will support both lightning and regular transactions where in the future where you actually don't really care or know what kind of transaction is happening in the back end. You just know you're sending money, right? So I think whether the question is whether or not that will happen versus like whether or not core lightning Litecoin Core or Bitcoin Core will actually add lightning. I don't think Litecoin Core or Bitcoin Core will add lightning. Um, but most wallets, most user consumer wallets will actually do both lightning and on chain. And there was one more remark. There was a question about um MCC. That um if Carlos Matos uh, would come for free if we would have him Hey, hey, hey! We actually discussed this earlier uh, because he actually lives in New York. Hmm. So if we can get him for free, then yeah, then that can be kind of funny. We're gonna get a dunk tank and put him on it. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Magical crypto! Magical crypto! Splash! See, we don't need him. We got we got Ricardo. He could do a better <laughs> he could do a better Mastos than Mastos. And actually, one last thing about MCC is that we're going to MCC MC, no MC MCC. We're going to MC MCC yeah. MC MCC ourselves. Yeah, ourselves. You just screwed up your joke. Maybe you should redo that joke. I know. So one thing, one last thing about MCC is that we're going to MC MCC ourselves. Yep. We, we feel it's very on-brand to have us do that. And we're going to dress up as our character. No, so not. <laughs> Actually, no, please not. I read a tweet that someone was like saying, like bashing on, on our podcast. And he was saying like, these like adults dress up as like animal like, characters for this podcast. And it's such, he was like bashing us for be, doing something so stupid like that. And apparently he does he hasn't even watched any of our podcasts. So he's just assuming we're dressing up as our characters. Why Why would anyone be that dumb? Please don't give Samson any ideas. Please. He's already, Samson's already thinking about it right now. 
Thinking about what? I can see his brain. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking we're not gonna dress up as a character because I'll have to get someone to make it, and I don't have time. That's the only reason. <laughs> That's the only reason. <laughs> that will be for next year at MCC Europe. Actually, depending on how well this conference goes, we'll figure out what we're gonna do next year, right? I mean, I'm not sure if we're gonna do it with um, consensus. It seems like such expensive place, so. And if, if this bombs, then... I don't know if there's going to be any more. Yeah, this will be the first and only annual conference. Then, then we will all delete our, uh, our Twitter profiles and disappear. Someone asked me, why, why are you so busy? And I said, these three idiots said, let's do a conference. <laughs> actually, whose idea was it? I don't think it was mine. I, I actually think it was yours. No. Charlie? Really? No. I think so. It's definitely not mine. It was, you have to go back a year, like like you said something after after consensus, like, yeah, it sucks, maybe we should do our own thing. Sounds something like you would say. Maybe. No, it's, it was Samson's idea. He tweeted about it and everyone, <laughs> everyone was like, this is a good idea and let's do it. I tweeted about it, but I don't think it was my idea. It will be fun. At, at least we have amazing speakers, so you should definitely buy tickets now. Buy tickets now. Click here. Or here. We're gonna lose a lot of money, but it's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, VIP ticket holders, Will Panda will come pick you up at the airport. Stop saying that. People are taking this seriously. Come on. We're all serious. We decided already. Will Panda's not allowed to drive in the United States. I don't have a car. He has a panda mobile. Yeah, that's true. It's made of bamboo. <laughs> I don't have a car in the US. I'm not gonna rent a car in the US. I only take Uber, Uber Black, of course. We don't, we don't have enough money to pay for a car. The funny thing is we're getting a lot of people buying VIP tickets because they're expecting you to come pick them up at the airport, so... <laughs> it's true. That's Sam's, Samsung's problem. Has Samsung tweeted it? No, uh, you don't want to turn this into a fire festival. You get to deliver. <laughs> it's going to be a massive, massive outrage. Delete MCC. MCC fraud. Okay, I think we're... At the end of our show. So uh, thank you for watching and see you guys next time and buy tickets. Bye. Bye. Tickets. Jinx. <laughs> Jinx. Bye. Tickets. <laughs> <laughs>